1: Hope you had a great weekend, and by God's grace, we'll have some good calls, and hopefully we'll have good conversations. So may the Lord bless you and bless them and the callers, and if you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. Listen to Matt Slick Live. Today is, uh, let's see, December 18th, 2023 for the podcasters. All right, and for the people who have to listen. So there you go. All right, just checking stuff out. We have nobody. Let's see, yep, nobody waiting right now. Now, just so you know, uh, I'll be off. Um, no radio. I'll give the dates. We're just going to take uh, you know Thursday, Friday off, and then Monday, Tuesday off. So I have a one, two, three, four, five, six days off. And uh, so we'll be on today, full hour today, and uh, also tomorrow and Wednesday. So if you have comments or questions and you want to... Give me a call. All you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. All right. If you want, you can also email me. All you have to do is uh, just email me at info at karm.org. Info at karm.org. And uh, just put in the comments there. Put uh, radio comments or radio question or something like that and uh, I can get to them and uh, since it's so close to Christmas and people are out shopping it often is the case that we don't uh, don't get that many calls that's okay let's get to some uh, let's see some emails which resources would you recommend to refute the notion of single predestination thank God for all that you do um, well I would go to uh, let's see Romans 9 uh, 9 to 23 and also Proverbs 16.4. Now, single predestination is the view that God only predestines uh, the elect into salvation. Double predestination is that he predestines the non-elect to go to hell. And so it's a debated topic within the Christian faith because there certainly is evidence that God predestines individuals. I mean, that's just how it is, and I know people don't like it, because God is the blonde-haired, blue-white, Caucasian surfer dude dressed in a woman's nightgown, and uh, he wants everyone to be saved, and, and so he wouldn't predestine people, because that's what they've been taught, and they don't understand biblical theology. Sorry, they don't. But, uh, so there's that, and um, we have the verses uh, that seem to suggest that God has ordained certain people for damnation. And those can be found in Romans 9, 22, and 23, which I'll just go ahead and read. Uh, Because it's just, you know, I'm just saying this is some of the stuff that is used for that reason. And if you want to be dismissive of it, you can. But uh, what does the scripture say? I'm not saying I affirm or deny either one of those positions. I'm just saying, well, the uh, verse is used. What if God, although willing to demonstrate his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction? And he did so to make known the riches of his glory upon vessels of mercy, which he prepared beforehand for glory. So these two verses, Romans nine twenty two and 23, are pretty strong in the issue of double predestination. And God predestined some to heaven and some to hell. And then you can go to uh, Proverbs uh, 16, for the Lord has made everything for its own purpose, even the wicked for the day of evil. So there you go. There's some stuff right there for those, some of the resources. Now, there are comments about uh, this kind of stuff. Uh, will God ever do that kind of a thing? And Romans 9, people say, no, it's about nation groups, not individuals. And that doesn't work if you read the context. So... Uh, there. Let's just say that there are there are arguments for and against. But I'm just saying those are the verses used. In fact, I have got another set that might be uh, might be interesting. For truly, this is excuse me, Acts 4:27-28. For truly, in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate. Those are individuals with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, those are people groups, to do whatever your hand and your purpose predestined to occur. So he predestined people to do bad things. And uh, this is theology. Does it mean that God himself caused it? No, because predestination uh, can be of things as well as people. God ordains whatsoever shall come to pass. A lot of people don't don't like this. They, they just don't like it. They prefer the simplicity of it's all up to you and your free will. And uh, all you got to do is just uh, give somebody the right answers, and they will believe the truth. It's just of their free will. That's uh, Sorry, but that's, that's not a very good theological position to hold. And that doesn't work uh, biblically. That's another topic, too. So there you go. And uh, there's that question right there. All right. Let me get rid of that one. Let's get to Catherine from British Columbia. Welcome, Catherine. You're on the air. Well,
2: hello. Um, thank hello. you. Um, uh, it's interesting that you're um, talking about Romans nine because um, well, I'm yeah. calling a quite a question about my brother, and uh, he, my father was actually went to theological college. Okay. I didn't know this until I was 25, and I. Um, I, I became a Christian just by hearing that it was 1983, and hearing it that was the year of the Bible. So I started to read the Bible, and I I knew it was true. Called my father and mother over, and my father huh. I didn't know that he knew the Bible. I didn't know he'd gone to theological college because he ended up being a teacher, and he destroyed my whole like he he just pulled the rug out from under my feet using Romans 9 and saying that he was just a vessel created for destruction. And I also used Numbers 31 saying, you know, God is a pimp and a, a murderer or something. I don't know. He was going on about this. Anyway, yeah, he was, Romans 9 was what distro- destroyed his faith, I believe. Um, and now my brother, so this is my question. Uh, my brother, I thought, was a Christian. And he asked me if I would go with him to do a course in miracles, and I was like, "What is oh, this?" It's and a cult. he said, "Oh, it ha- it's got about it's about Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God and everything." And so I looked up um, a book mm-hmm. about somebody who had believed in it, and then came out of it and believed in Jesus. And I sent some screenshots of that to him, and I said, is, "Can you confirm this is what you believe?" And he said yes, and I and I thought to myself privately: if you can confirm that, and and you actually agree with it, then there's no way because it's so clear that it was against Christianity. It was just so clear. So I don't know how to. I don't know if I should get involved. He wants me to go through the course with him. Don't. And I don't know. Yeah, because I don't want to get sucked into that stuff. It's yeah. a cult. It's so a cult. I don't know just how to handle him. it. I don't know. I just don't know what to
1: say to him, like, I don't know how to... Okay, well, like, The call, I, I Course in Miracles was was uh, delivered by uh, spirit contacts from the occult through individuals right. who then wrote it down, okay? So it's an occultic, uh, ultimately satanic uh, uh, theological perspective, it's a religion that, that's really bad. It's new agey-ish with uh, seances, with the uh, contact the dead, uh, you know, it, it's demonic. Right, so don't have anything to do with it. Yeah. Just stay away from well, it. You just refuse. And, and
2: you know, the thing is, it's like conversations with God in a way. And I, my father... That's bad, too. I didn't even know this. My brother told me that my father was the head of the BC chapter of conversations with God, which also mm-hmm. blew me away. Because, of course, my dad knows I'm a Christian. He's not going to tell me that. So if, is there a family thing where, like, you just... Is it a generational... Is there some generational yeah, well, curse or spirit? that well, would get my brother yes. involved in the same kind of thing?
1: Yes and no. There can be generational curses and, and spirits attached to families, but can it can also be because they're teaching false things and the children learn false things. So, um, yeah, the Course in Miracles is bad and the conversations with God is bad. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and uh, there's a lot of false stuff out there. There's a lot of false doctrines out there. And in order to beat this, you just know that God's a trinity. Jesus Christ is God in flesh. He's both God and man. He died on the cross, rose from the dead in the same body. He died in. He's the only way to salvation. And that we're saved by the grace of God through faith alone in Christ alone and not with any works or any ceremonies, including baptism or or communion, that we're justified by faith. If you just believe all that and then you get that memorized, that's all. Everything else, if it doesn't fit any aspect of that, is false. That's just yeah, that simple.
2: That, that okay. seems so clear to me. But mm-hmm. he, he's getting into this trying to re- get rid of his ego or something.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's occult stuff, yeah. It's Buddhism, yeah, yeah. Buddhism, you know, and, uh, and Confucianism and varying forms of Eastern mysticism where you want to come in contact with the divine consciousness, which is either yourself or God and the universe are one and the thing, one of the same thing, and then you want to contact this with your inner divine self, or if you're not an inner divine self, Depending which religious system it is, uh, you you uh, recite prayers and or words and or you use objects and crystals and things like this in order to um, increase the communication and frequency development and harmony uh, with uh, things out there, etc., etc. It's just it's the same kind of stuff, and there's just variations of it. Mm-hmm. So your your relatives there are in uh, in the occult and they're being very very deceived by demonic forces
2: mm. okay. yeah yep. okay I just I I guess I'll just go in there and you know we're gonna be doing a zoom call and I guess I'll just tell him which, basically what you said I'll write it all down and I'll say this is what it is and see what he says
1: to it's, it's, say I, you're in contact with demonic it's, forces And you're being deceived and I want nothing to do with it. And I you know, tell them you're you're caught up with demonic forces. You are deceived by demonic forces. Jesus Christ rose from the dead after three days. Nobody in your group has done that. And that proves that what Jesus says is right. And he says no one comes to the Father but by me. So you have to go, Oh, we believe in Jesus. In the Course of Miracles. We believe in Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus is the ethereal presence and incarnation of this or that. And it's just yeah, you know, don't trust what he has to say about Course of Miracles non
2: Yeah, cult. he actually told me that he was because he, he was a Christian, he was reading his Bible and he actually oh, told gosh. me when that at first he was a bit afraid because it says in the Bible, you know, that there are many false Christs you know saying i'm here and i'm there and and so he was a little bit worried about getting into it but then when he he explored it and he found oh it's really not that bad you know what i mean so he he got sucked into it slowly and that's yeah, kind of why i don't want to yeah mm-hmm. go yeah, into it with him but gee I, I i care about him i don't want i want to i want I, I don't want to blow it i want him to you come pray. out of no, it no, but no. i don't know how to do no. it
1: you can't I can tell from what you're saying you're not really grounded, you're not really sure about a lot of things my advice to you is stay as far away from that as you can you get grounded in the Christian faith you understand what the Christian faith is and you pray for his salvation but I have to also ask or or, uh, tell you that if you do that that there's you know the possibility that uh, your life might get a little bit uncomfortable uh, because you're praying against mm-hmm. demonic forces and they won't like that. Oh yeah, so I've just,
2: rebuked those forces. I've come no, against them. No, no, those. no, 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 wait, wait, I wait, wait,
1: wait, be... wait, 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 wait. People do that, they rebuke for forces. Us. Well, Hold on. Don't address and don't pray to demonic forces and rebuke them. Don't do that. Oh, okay. Okay, let me we got a break. Let me explain why that's bad. And a lot of people do it. A lot of people in Christianity pray to the devil as they rebuke them, and that's not good. So hold on, and we'll be right back after these messages. Please stay tuned. If you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. We'll
0: be right back. It's Matt Slick Live! Taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, welcome back to the show. If you want to give me a call, 877
1: 207 2276. If the producer will reactivate Catherine and get her on here. And uh, I'm waiting. There we go. Let's get to Catherine. Okay, you still there?
2: Oh, yeah, still here.
1: All right, yeah, I've so. I heard
2: that about not rebuking. Everybody's no, always No, no, I didn't say that. Them, so I No, I said.
1: It. No, I said don't pray to demonic forces. You can rebuke them by a, by praying to Jesus, asking Jesus okay, to deal good. with them and Jesus to rebuke them. You can do it that way. Okay. Don't pray to okay. demonic forces. Don't pray to the devil. Devil, back on you. Blah blah blah. Don't do well, that. Not, it,
2: well. What if? What about not praying to them but speaking to them? Is there a difference? Don't like I rebuke speak you. Speak to
1: them, okay. Don't you're you're praying to them you, by doing that. That's a prayer. That? Oh. Don't oh, I
2: did not do know that. that.
1: Okay. okay. don't do okay, that. Don't pr- <laughs> don't pray to demonic forces. Don't speak to them. If they're in front of you manifested, that's different. But don't oh, okay. pray to them. That's praying to them. And so okay, many yeah, Christians are taught that by by ill informed, ignorant ministers in the pulpit. You know, you can abuse. you talk to the devil, you just tell them. No, you never does it say that in the Bible. Never. Too many people just don't believe the Bible. Okay. So, if you want to rebuke the enemy, do you know what you do is you say, "Lord Jesus, I come before you. There is a problem here, and you list it out, and He already knows." But you do that, and you say, "Lord, would you please rebuke the enemy? Would you please stop him from whatever it is?" That's what you do.
2: Oh, hey, good.
1: Okay. i right, now. do that.
2: Yeah, so devil. Michael
1: the archangel yeah. was in direct contact with the enemy, uh, the, and he was talking to the devil. He said, the Lord rebuke you. Okay. So mm-hmm. that's what you got to do, all right? You mm-hmm. don't pray to demonic forces. Don't address them. You talk to okay. Jesus. Thank you. Okay? All right. Okay, well, good. Okay. All
2: right. Thanks very much. I really appreciate
1: it. Bye-bye. you welcome very much. God bless all right, hey, we have uh, three open lines. If you want to give me a call, eight seven seven two zero seven two two seven six Prashant. Hey, buddy. Hey, man. Is this your first time calling? No,
3: I think it might be my second or third time, but um, right. it, it, it's been a, it's been too long, Matt. Um, uh, hope you're yeah. doing well, brother. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you a question regarding regarding Tucker. Uh, so Tucker Carlson, uh, who? Has uh, also spoken to David Grush um, recently. He launched his own like Twitter show. Um, uh, Interviewed so, who he launched his own like show on Twitter? Supper Carlson.
1: I know. Interviewed who?
3: D- David Grush, some time ago. Oh. David Grush, Grush was um, okay. also went through the, con- uh, the congressional te- uh, testimony yeah. where um, he's UFOs. Uh, at least in this in this past year, has been the highest profile um, mm-hmm. government uh, a, agent that has come um, to the forefront with, with, with respect to the, the UFO issue. Mm-hmm. And this is from five days ago. And Tucker Carlson says that uh, there are things that I have been told now that are um, it's so dark that I can't even talk to my wife about them. And that there is there is an essential spiritual component to this whole UFO phenomenon. so I was, Absolutely. I was just wondering, uh, I was I was wanting to get your thoughts on this matter.
1: Yeah, I haven't heard the interview, but I'm going to have to listen to it. So, um, here's I can, the I can share uh, the
3: link in the room chat in Clubhouse.
1: Sure. um yeah, fine. Absolutely worth worth the worth listen. But
3: the, the 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 whole idea behind now this is becoming so mainstream that there's an essential spiritual component. Mm-hmm. To this UFO phenomenon. That's what I wanted yes. to pick your brain on
1: Yes, there is uh, it's uh, now. This is just an, a Generic overview but life can't form by chance any place in the universe. Mathematically. It does not uh, work. It's impossible it, it it exceeds the universal probability bound by an exponential uh, you know, of the thousands in exponent It's just not going to happen. So what are these things? well um, they're definitely spiritual. Uh, if you go to khouse.org, the letter K, the word house, org, and Chuck Missler has got some research with others on the spiritual aspect of, of the UFOs, and a lot of people don't know that they teach theology, uh, being uh, that we're all divine, Jesus is not God, reincarnation is true. And so they're theologically minded. They're also involved, UFOs and stuff are involved uh, the, uh, with the uh, Hyper torturous sexual things with the victims, among other things, and people are traumatized. Also, uh, there's uh, apparently only one Christian who's ever been abducted; It was a woman who gave permission, and that's documented in uh, some of uh, Mistler's writings. And also, um, Christians generally don't—they don't, they don't uh, get, get abducted. And when unbelievers cry out to Jesus, they—they're uh, delivered; they're they back in their house. Something is going on. Well, what are these things? Well, another aspect of this is that there are physical phenomena. They are seen on radar. They're detected. There's uh, impressions in ground. There's radiation remnants left in areas where the, these, these craft land. There are people who physical physically have touched them. Uh, GIs in the military um and officers have witnessed them. Uh, you can go to the web and look up the uh, 1980s UFO encounter of the American uh, military base in England. And it's one of the best uh, documented. It's really fascinating. Uh, and I mean, these things are real. The question is, what are they? My opinion is that they're demonic manifestations, probably Nephilim, that have been working and uh, doing stuff uh, in order to foment a humongous deception that's coming. And, uh, that's what I think. Okay?
3: Oh, uh, I definitely appreciate that and, and thank you for bringing up the Nephilim as well, which is big. <clears throat> if, 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 you, if if it's okay, if I can ask one more sure. question regarding sure. specifically the Nephilim. Uh-huh. I, I do not find anywhere in Scripture that it, it, it is specified that, that the angels have done it. And the demons the have done what? have, have genders. genders have genders it doesn't say they have genders no exactly then that, that's that's my point so when um, I was wanting to ask what your opinion was on what is the exact nature of the Nestle and um, oh, they're, what
1: they're, they're the offspring when? they're the offspring of fallen angels and women you don't have to have a gender okay angels are incredibly powerful and different than we are you know one of them killed a hundred and 140,000 people in one night. They can learn languages. They are mul- multiple languages. Uh, they can travel great distances very quickly. So they are a different level of existence than we are. And um, if you go to, for example, in Genesis chapter 6, uh, it says that the Nephilim were alive in those days. And then verse 6, or excuse me, verse 9, uh, th- these are the records of the generations of Noah, a righteous man, blameless in all his generations. All his ancestry is pure. So, um, it looks like that what was going on is that after Adam and Eve were born, the fallen ones uh, sought the women and had relations because he can manifest in human form. And We can because the Bible says we can. You know, there are angels who walk around. We can't even tell they're not people. So they have this ability. Now, we've got a break coming up, and I'll, I'll expand some more on some stuff and show you some more stuff. Hey, folks, please be uh, <laughs> entertained. And we'll be right back after these messages. Please stay tuned.
0: It's Matt Slick live. Taking your calls at 877 207 2276. Here's Matt Slick. Going to
1: do? Oh, that's right. They had to step away from the. There we go. If you want to give me a call, 877 20 722 Prashant, you still there? Uh,
3: yes, sir. Um, I, I think okay. we wrapped up
1: pretty neatly. So, uh, sorry, what? For, I'm sorry, I couldn't.
3: I, you. Think, I think we wrapped
1: it up pretty neatly. Uh, thank you for, for your insight. Well, there's more info, though. I'm going to show you some, some more stuff in the Bible, though, if you, you want to hang on. Oh, I would love to. Okay yeah so uh, as I said the uh, the angels can appear as, as men and you can't even tell the difference this means sweat eyelashes hair follicles everything so the detail of their capability is incredible now people say well they have to be have a gender in order to No, they don't if they can manifest hair they can manifest genitalia now can they fertilize an egg well we don't know how that works but the Jews always believed that the Nephilim were the offspring between the fallen angels and women, and the Christian Church affirmed that also until about the 500s when it became ridiculed, and then the other uh, the Sethite theory uh, was introduced. So I'm of the opinion that it's uh, the um, the Nephilim of the ha- offspring, the halfbreeds, and one of the clues is Genesis 6:9. You know, he was pure. Noah was pure in his generations, his ancestry. That's a significant comment. Now, when you go to Daniel chapter 2 also, and we we'll talk about this, and then we'll go to Matthew 24. Uh, in Daniel 2, um, wow, you know, I do this every now and then, and then I forget exactly where it is. There it is. Okay. So, Daniel 2 is the vision of the future given to Daniel with the uh, statue, Nebuchadnezzar statue it is there, excuse me, and... Um, uh, it, it, the top is gold, and then you know it turns to silver, then iron or uh, iron. bronze, and then iron. Bronze. And the iron and the clay are mixed, and some think that's the last days. But anyway, Daniel two forty three, and in this that you saw the iron mixed with the common clay, they will combine with one another in the seed of men, or with the seed of men, but they will not adhere to one another if they are combining uh, with one that are in the seed of men, they are not people. You see? They will combine with the seed of men. That means there's a different object. So something else is going on. It looks as though this uh, prophecy is about the end times. Now, when you go to Matthew 24, uh, 30... Thirty-seven. For the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. Now, I'm going to do a little bit of teaching here, so I don't know if you want to hang on or not, but uh, it's up to you. But, yeah, i um, do no, All right. I'm all yours. So, okay. So I'm going to just put some stuff together that might shake people up. So what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to read the text, but I want to tell people beforehand, If you've heard me say this before if you've listened for a while, but for the newbies, when it says two men in a field, one is taken, one is left, that is not the rapture. The rapture is, is uh, talked about a different place. This is not the rapture. This is about the wicked who are taken. And this is important, and I'll explain why in a second. So I have Matthew 24 uh, up on my screen, along with Luke 17 up on my screen. And it says, uh, for the and uh, basically what I do is I, I just show the parallels. I teach people this. I say, this is what it says in both of them. It's not an exact word for e- evening uh, equality, but uh, it's good enough. They're very, very similar. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be the days of the coming of the Son of Man. For they were eating, they were drinking, they were giving in marriage. Till the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and took them all away, is what Matthew 24 says. But Luke 17 says the flood came and destroyed them all. So the ones who were taken are the ones who were destroyed, and the ones who were destroyed are the ones who were giving in marriage, etc. That's what, and living it. They're wicked. And in Luke 17, they asked Jesus, where are they taken? And he answers the question. He says, where the body is, the vultures gather. Now, this is really fascinating because if you go to. If you go to First Thessalonians 4:16 through chapter 5, verse 2, it says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and the dead in Christ shall rise, and we shall be caught up together and to meet him in the air. We shall always be with him in the air. Now, um, as to the, and he goes on and says, you know, therefore comfort one another. As to the times and the epics, brethren, you have no need of anyone to teach you, for the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. So that day of the lord come like a thief on the night is the rapture the return of christ the lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and the dead in christ shall rise first that's the 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 the, the, resurre- the people who died in the faith are going to be resurrected first we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet him in the air so that's the rapture so the rapture occurs but it says it's concomitant with the day of the lord that comes like a thief in the night when you go to second peter three nine it says something uh verse 10 excuse me i'll read it to you and i'll get i'm gonna put this together try to do it quickly so that all these ideas are still in their head uh the day of the lord come like a thief in which the heavens will pass away with a roar and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat and the earth and its works will be burned up. So the day of the Lord comes like a thief in the night is the rapture. The day of the Lord comes like a thief is the new heavens and new earth. They're almost identical phrases. And this is the only two places in the entire Bible where these phrases are used. The day of the Lord comes like a thief. And they're describing the same day. The rapture, the return of Christ, and the new heavens and new earth. This is significant. Now, if you go to Matthew 13, oh, excuse me, I'll do this. Uh, Matthew 12, 22 through 32, it talks about blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, and Jesus says in that pericope that the Holy Spirit must first be, I mean, the uh, devil, excuse me, must first be bound before you can cast out demonic forces. He was casting out demonic forces, so therefore, the Holy Spirit's bound. That's the logical, that's nece- logical conclusion necessary for right there. And so if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, you won't be saved. You can't be saved, etc. So, um, and uh, he, Jesus says, whoever speaks the word against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, uh, but whoever speaks against the uh, Son, Son of Man shall be forgiven, but against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or the age to come. There's only two ages, this age and the age to come. This is significant. I'm putting all this together because... Jesus says that the ones who are taken, two men in the field, one is taken, one is left, are the wicked. They're taken to a place of destruction. And the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit won't be forgiven in this age or the age to come. Now, what I'm going to do is go to Matthew 13. Because in Matthew 13, there's the parable of the wheat and the tares. Starting at verse 24, the kingdom of heaven heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. And then we know the rest of it, the enemy sowed bad stuff, and he said, should we tear it up? The tares, he said in verse 30, allow both to grow until the harvest. At the time of the harvest, I'll say to the reapers, first, gather up the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them up, but gather the wheat into the barn. So the first ones gathered are the wicked. Now remember. Jesus says, two men will be in the field. One is taken, one is left, and it's the wicked who are taken, and they're taken to a place of destruction." And Jesus says here, Matthew 13, "Allow both to go together till the end of the." Uh, the he says, "Till the harvest, first gather the tares." Jesus then interprets the parable in verse 40 of Matthew 13. Just as the tares are gathered up and burned with fire, so shall it be at the end of the age. So remember, he said there's two ages, this age and the age to come. At the end of this age is when the rapture occurs, is also when the new heavens, new earth are made, is when the wicked are taken out of his kingdom, because that's what he says in verse 41, the son of man will send forth his angels. They will gather out of his kingdom, all stumbling blocks and those who commit lawlessness. This means we're in the kingdom of God now. The Nephilim are invading the kingdom of God, and Jesus says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be the days of the coming of the Son of Man. The same kind of a thing is going to be going on back then to back to now. The invasion by the enemy, the demonic forces, both spiritual and physical, into our world who are going to be dealt with in the final day, at the end of the age. They are being raised up, probably, to uh, foment a humongous deception upon the world. And Jesus says, if those days be not cut short, no flesh will be left. I believe that the demonic forces that are going to be at work want to destroy mankind because Satan in Genesis 3 said to Eve, you're not going to die. He contradicted what God said to to Adam in Genesis 2.17, the day that you eat of the fruit, you will die. And Satan comes along saying, you're not going to die. But yet, the wages in his death, Romans 6:23). and the devil seeks, uh, you know, whom he can devour. He's like a lion, he wants to kill, wants to destroy. So what's going to be happening, I believe, is the end of the world will come at the last minute when the demonic forces, physical and or spiritual, are working to bring mankind to its self-destruction. And that Christ is going to come back and stop it at the last moment and take out of his kingdom the wicked, which means, just like the wicked were taken out of the world through the flood, it'll happen again later on. And that's what Jesus says in Matthew, 20, uh, Matthew 13, 30 through 40. Okay? Interesting? A lot of stuff. Absolutely,
3: sir. Uh, okay. And
1: this is, is, I, I, sure. can't, I can't even wrap my head around this. Entirely, <laughs> oh, yeah, but I'm going to better. <laughs> Let us listen to it. Hey, there's a break. We got to go, buddy. <laughs> so complex. We'll talk to you later. Hey, folks, that was, I uh, hope you enjoyed it. We'll be right back after these messages.
0: It's Matt Slick Live. Taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, welcome back to the show. If you want to give
1: me a call, 877-207-2276. I just want to let you know that we're having a matching uh, funds drive, match the end-of-year matching funds drive. Whatever you donate to the ministry will be doubled. Uh, praise God for that. And if you want to support us, all you got to do is go to karm.org forward slash donate. C-A-R-M, org forward slash donate easy to do it's all you got to do and uh we ask five dollars a month ten dollars a month or a one-time gift doesn't matter and if you'd be so kind to do that we do need it and we would really appreciate it let's get to paul from hebrew i mean <laughs> from virginia hey, Sorry, paul, go ahead what's up man?
4: okay how are you doing
1: doing all right just doing radio
4: um, drinking coffee yep <laughs> hey uh I, I still can't get into the clubhouse but I thought this question might be appropriate for um, okay. everyone so when I I was in Israel for a while and um, uh, had a great time met a lot of wonderful people but I also met a lot of people that were well I I didn't know how to deal with them they um, were professing to be Christians but they had a lot of strange customs they were the men were wearing tz's and you know, all they want to talk about is the Torah and being object, uh, being observant of that and, uh, keeping the feast days. And, and, um, I, I really, I met some, some of the guys, I met a guy from the UK that was just a really kind, good, genuine gentleman. And he was trying his best to get me involved in a group he was with. And, uh, this guy, uh, his name is uh, Joe Dumond. And I've watched hours of his stuff and the things I saw were really alarming. They seem to deny the Trinity and uh, obedience is necessary for salvation, blah blah blah, on and on and on. And it's he puts all this emphasis on the moons and I, I ended up calling him Blood Moon Joe. But um mm-hmm. So I had to do a lot of digging when I came back, and it really seems to me like this is the fastest growing cult there is. And I know it goes under the Hebrew roots, and I found a few resources, but not enough. I I searched on Karm, and I couldn't find anything. What What do you know about them?
1: It's uh, it's a bad group uh, for the most part. There are it's an umbrella name for a lot of subgroups, but generally, what it means is the The Hebrew roots, want people want you to observe Old Testament laws, feasts, and things like that. Keep the law of the Old Testament. Uh, And there are different groups that have different levels of law-keeping. The question then becomes, is the law-keeping for the purpose of being saved? If they say yes, it's a cult. If they say no, then it's just um, a group that wants to uh, be Jewish in its practices. If it wants to just be Jewish in its practices, but still affirms the Trinity, the deity of Christ, because some of them don't affirm the Trinity, and if it does affirm the Trinity, the deity of Christ, salvation by grace alone, through faith alone in Christ alone, then they're within the Christian orthodoxy. They're just uh, enamored with uh, Old Testament Jewish practices. So it just depends on which kind of a group it is. This is why when you talk to them, you have to ask them very specific questions. Do you have to keep the law in order to have your sins forgiven by God? That's it. Mm-hmm. And what do they say? If they say, well, you see, that's not good, the answer is yes or no. That's how it works. Whenever you ask right. a direct question like that, which is clear in Scripture, um, then uh, uh, then all you got to do is, is just be very, very specific, okay? And, and you are got to find out, so you know which kind of group you're talking to, okay?
4: Very helpful. Another thing I noticed about this particular group and I've seen it in some of the other ones that I've come across is their insistence, their adamant insistence on uh, never calling our Lord uh, Jesus. They also say Lord is uh, another name for Baal and they have all kinds of names for God like uh, Yehoshaphat or Yehoshua or something like that and Uh I mean it's it's crazy it's stupid
1: so um lord is in greek is kurios and it just means lord okay right and uh, that's all it is and what these guys are doing is just making a mountain out of a out of molehill in their self-righteous ignorance now if you go to matthew 121 it says she shall, shall bear his son and you shall call his name jesus in the greek it's iesus that's how you pronounce it Jesus. okay
3: right
1: his name so that's what it's, we're told. And that's why I talk to the uh, Hebrew Re- Israelite people and others who, ha- you know, sacred name cult groups and things like this. I'll say, so what's his name? And they go, oh, it's it's Yeshua, you know, or whatever they say. They, they have different pronunciations. And I say, so, but why is it that uh, we're told to use his, the Greek name here in the Greek? Okay, and they'll say, well, that's because it was written in Greek, not Aramaic. And I say, yes, that's right, it was written in Greek, and in Greek, that's what we're told to do. And they'll say, but it's not the original. It's Aramaic that's the original. I'll say, how do you know? Where's the evidence for the Aramaic? is being the first thing that was written. Because if it's written in Aramaic, the New Testament was written in Aramaic, then the Diaspora is kind of meaningless. The Diaspora is the time when the Romans came in and attacked Israel around 70 A.D. and The persecution was already going under Nero's persecution of the of the, the Jews and the Christians as they were going. And so what happened was that the Christians fled throughout the Mediterranean area. This is important because, historically speaking, about 300 years earlier, Alexander the Great had come through the whole Mediterranean area and conquered, and he made Greek the national language. It was the lingua franca. So you had to speak Greek and or another language because that was the universal language, just like English so far still is the language Franca in, a, in the world. It used to be French and mm. now it's, it's English, okay? So if God wants the gospel to go out, he's not gonna have it written in Aramaic because like eight people would speak Aramaic if you get my drift. Uh, at that time, maybe a lot more, but, but you get the idea, where millions would be speaking Greek so which language is it going to be written in in Greek? So that's what we have. And I'd say to them, so you're telling me then that all of the instances of the New Testament writing in Greek are all wrong when it says his name is Jesus? In fact, in Greek, the name of Jesus is used 914 times in the New Testament. That's so why I ask them, are all the occurrences wrong of all the Greek manuscripts is that what you're saying? These guys, they're lame. They're just lame. All right? Mm.
4: Matt, that's very, very helpful. Uh, and I, that was actually going to be my next question, is because they uh, try to uh, say that it was originally written in Aramaic. So I was wondering, um, how can that be debunked? Did they, what sources? Well, don't I, debunk it. I can't it. find any don't,
1: No, don't debunk it. Then it puts it upon you to f- go through historically and look in the topic called historicity and manuscript evidence to do all the research. You, you can't okay. do that. I can't even do that. And so what I used to say to them is show me the manuscripts that are in the Aramaic that are early. Show them Fan,
4: to me. Yeah. It's Fantastic. Well, listen, uh, in addition to the question that I need to ask about is observing the Torah necessary for salvation what other questions could you pose to them to give them an opportunity to really think about uh, the path that they're on
1: well what I would ask them is um, do you believe the New Testament because if they don't believe the New Testament obviously it's a cult then it's a different topic. If they say yes, okay. Then how are, are we justified? This is why I teach people it's necessary to know the theological terms. Justification is a theological term, and justification is a word used in the Bible a lot. And so, let me do that. So, if we're to be justified, and that word is, uh, you know, let's see 13:44. I'm going to just do a quick count that's justified okay one three four four it occurs 40 times and uh, in, in the new testament mm. and you know there's other forms of the word that are going to be used but th- the point is that uh it's biblical and justification is a legal declaration of righteousness that occurs by faith you go to romans 4 1 through 6 on that and so i always ask them you know now i talk when I, when I talk to them i talk slowly you i'm talking quickly but i say to them what is justification and then they you know did they get it right okay good you got it right if it's, they didn't get it right i have to go through romans 4 1 through 6 with them and teach it to them it's a declaration of righteousness how is it obtained by faith or by faith and something you do and if they say by faith only good that's what romans 4 5 says to the one who does not work but believes in him who justifies the ungodly his faith is credited as righteousness and if they're going to require any works or ceremonies circumcision baptism observing uh, whatever it is then it's a cult furthermore mm-hmm. you need to memorize this address colossians two sixteen. therefore i've
4: already got it memorized
1: Oh, you're good. Okay, let me read for everybody else then. Therefore, no one is to act as your judge in regard to food or drink or in respect to a festival, which is yearly, a new moon, which is monthly, or Sabbath day, which is weekly. So they're not to judge you on those things. Okay?
4: Right. Good for that's, that's the shadow of the things to come. That's right. Christ is the substance.
1: <laughs> that's right. And also, here's, let me give you a theological point. I know I'm going quickly, but look. If they say they have to be keeping the law in order to be saved, then they're still under the law. In Romans 7, 1 through 4, the first four verses Mm -hmm. of Romans 7, you should study. If you've died, you're freed from the law. But we've died with Christ, Romans 6, 6, Romans 6, 8, Colossians 3, 3. Therefore we're not obligated to keep the law. Simple. Okay.
4: Fantastic! That's so helpful, Matt. I appreciate
1: it. Hey, you're welcome, man.
4: God bless. No problem.
1: I deal with these guys a lot, or, you know, and variations of, a lot. Okay, it's a cult. Okay. All right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. All right, man. God bless. Okay. God bless. Bye bye. All right. Now let's see. We've got enough time, I think, uh, for Clarice Second Peter uh, topic. Let's go. We got about two minutes in the show. What do you got?
4: um i probably need more than that so um do you have okay, an after well, show <laughs> do you have an okay. after what do you show got? yeah mm-hmm. okay uh and second peter i just want to know what you believe the bible teaches in second peter two verses say 18 through 21 22 do you believe that that is teaches that a person can lose their salvation
1: no, we can't lose our salvation. Jesus says in John six thirty-seven through forty, "Will the fathers that he lose none?" And so he can't lose any.
4: Well, I know this. I'm just asking. I know this. I agree hundred percent. I'm just asking for you your interpretation of Second oh. Peter two verses eighteen through no. say twenty-two.
1: We'll have to do that in the after show. Okay, because we're obviously not going to have enough time to go through all those verses. But they can't contradict what Jesus already stated. He says, well, the Father, but, that he lives Right, so, right. Yeah. yeah. We'll to get that after I agree after show, with okay? that.
4: But, Good. Which is, Good. how do I get on the after show?
1: Well, uh, I'm not sure where you are, but uh, what you can do is... I'm in North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, sorry. Just go to rumble.com forward slash Matt live. Rumble.com okay. forward slash Matt Slick Live and the URL will be pasted in there. You get in there and just say, hey, where's the URL for the after show? And it'll, they'll give it to you, okay?
4: Okay. We got oh, okay, going. great. Thanks a lot.
1: All right. Well, God bless. Hey, folks, there you go. That was a quick hour. May the Lord bless you by his grace. We'll be back on there tomorrow and we'll talk to you then. Have a good evening. God bless